0: Hello, welcome to The Gridiron Show, Will Gavin alongside Simon Clancy, Gridiron Features Editor it's Monday, it's about 4 o'clock and I finally got some sleep maybe 10 hours ago after an absolutely sensational first Sunday to the London Games for the 2022 season. And it's only going to get better next weekend because not only are the Green Bay Packers in town for the first time ever, not only for the first time in 32 attempts are we actually getting two winning teams in London at the same time because the Giants somehow, as well as the Packers are both 3-1, and but Simon Clancy is also going to be in attending and attempting to chat with his old buddy, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Simon, how are you, sir? We're good. How are you, Will? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I did have a, like a 24-hour long day yesterday, not complaining about it, just stating facts that if I say anything stupid or particularly, uh, you know, untoward you. today, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it won't be too bad. Baseless, ridiculous, annoying, frustrating, no difference to my normal um, performances on this show. Uh, but yeah, I am. I, I did do a couple of meetings for work today, on which I said some some weird stuff and kind of thought, right, you probably
1: need to go back to bed. I mean, it's for the best, mate. To be fair.
0: Uh, how was your Sunday? How was your Sunday? Enjoying the games at home, not with us in the beautiful sunny.
1: It's weird. I always think the early starts are really weird. Those sort of two thirty kickoffs, because you know thirty eight, thirty nine seasons as a fan, I don't expect games to start at two thirty. So I always find it slightly weird. Um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, the, the 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 first game was the London game wasn't great until it was great, and then the last sort of. Five minutes of it were absolutely bonkers, Um, but it was great. Uh, My partner worked a lot last week with the Vikings and just said how amazing they were as an organisation from top to bottom in terms of all the stuff that they did. You know, the players were great, the the staff behind the scenes were great, Kevin O'Connell, fantastic, the way they worked with the kids and all the sorts of stuff they did was from top to bottom. And that's kind of what you want to hear as well, isn't it? You, You kind of want them to come over and you want them to embrace it, but also just to be nice people. And it was great to hear that, you know, Kevin O'Connell and and Jefferson and Adam Thielen and all these guys, Harrison Smith were just fantastic with everybody, media, kids, support staff, all that sort of stuff. I know it sounds a bit twee, but you kind of, you know, when you meet your heroes, you want them to be heroic. And, um, you know, heroism doesn't always come on the field. God, what am I talking about?
0: (laughs) I thought I was going to be
1: the baggy mess. What have I
0: become? (laughs) No, I'm... I've got to say, I'm with you. I didn't get to go to the Vikings practice on Friday, but all reports from Vikings was they essentially put everyone up for availability. Mm-hmm. If you wanted some time with Justin Jefferson, you could go and get some time with Justin Jefferson. All right, you'd have to wait and you'd only get three questions in, but there's not a lot of teams that will
1: offer that opportunity when they I come over to Jackson London. Finished. He just went and sat with the press anyway and just hung out with them. Like, I've got nothing what? else to do, so I'll just come and hang out with you. And it was like, wow. I, I, what I, I
0: did, I have to say... And the Vikings have been over three times to London. They're 3-0 and and their support staff and everything have always been absolutely brilliant when they've come over and they've always brought players over in the summer. I can remember speaking to Harrison Smith and and Eric Kendricks back in the summer of, of 2014 and still both veterans on that defense and caught up with both of them in the locker room last night afterwards. And honestly, like they are one of those teams. There's a great atmosphere around them. It helps that they won and actually... To praise the New Orleans Saints, they were in town all week. They were brilliant all week. Our commentator on Talksport, Ollie Wilson, went into their locker room, and you know Cam Jordan, the two tight ends, all were willing to spend five or six minutes chatting to him despite the loss. Really giving him some good time, giving him some good answers. So, like, I can't put down that organization in any way, shape, or form.
1: Great. Whenever I've been, so Jordan's Cam Jordan is fantastic. Mark Ingram's great. Alvin Kamara's great. They've always been a really good. I mean, it's two really good organizations, frankly. When you go, I mean, losing locker rooms will are terrible places. Oh. <laughs> I mean, remember we? Do you remember when we went to uh Atlanta and they lost uh, and they the and Cowboys? Played, yeah, giving up six sacks to Adrian Claiborne. Do you remember being in that locker room? We walked in and Dez Bryant just started like going absolutely ape shit at me at the media. Do you remember that? That was just horrendous. I've been in the Miami locker room and and asked a question. I think it was after a Monday night loss to Carolina, trying to speak to Kiko Alonso. And every time I asked him a question, he just looked at me as if I was stupid, which potentially is not a bad thing. And then just gave like a one word answer. (laughs) It was just like, this is not very fun. And actually, I remember looking up at the late Jason Jenkins and him just going, it's just just let it go. And it's like, okay, thanks a lot, Kiko. See you later, buddy.
0: We we did – I can remember going to uh, Thursday night football in Chicago when they faced the Giants, and this is going back 2013 or something like that. But um, Eli Manning threw two interceptions in the first two drives. They went 14 nothing down and basically never came back from it. And that was to go 0-5 or 0-6 on the season. Like, it was – There was two years after they'd won the Super Bowl, three years after they won the Super Bowl or whatever it was, and they still believed they were contenders. And we went in there and didn't even ask questions. We just went in, felt the atmosphere, left again, because there Um, was just no value to it at all.
1: I don't want to make a segue into the piece I've written for this month's Gridiron magazine, which is available now. But um, it starts off with uh, being in New England in 2018, 19. Uh, And I think you guys had gone to the... Patriots locker room and Liam Blackburn formerly of this parish and I went to the Packers Uh, and it was about 20 days before Mike McCarthy got the sack and his press conference lasted 89 whole seconds and four questions and then Aaron Rodgers came in and Aaron had on like a black beanie and a black jumper and obviously as they just lost to the Patriots having really thrown it away because they were driving to win the game and then Aaron Jones fumbled um he walked in and the, and the photographer started clicking. And He just went, Jesus Christ. And at that point, you're just thinking, Why would I bother asking a question? Why would I bother? Like, what's the point? But to be completely fair to him, he stood there for 10 minutes, answered everything in a really interesting and informative, as always, kind of way. And but yeah, some of those moments where you just like you're put on the spot to ask that it's it's not always easy.
0: Uh look, The best thing, that, just to bring this conversation full circle, and and this is meant to be our kind of week four review show. But you know what? I, I quite enjoyed just chatting about uh shooting the shit about the the locker room experience. Uh, I they they have because we're still in that kind of post COVID era. They're very much limited how many people are allowed in the locker room. They've re allowed access, but there was probably only. Four or five organizations in there. It was us, Sky, a company from Germany. Like, there weren't a lot of people who were necessarily allowed in. And even us, they let us have one person per locker room. We weren't allowed to have, you know, a second person to operate a camera or all the equipment or anything. You had to kind of self do it all on your own. And I had a few good conversations. Dalvin Cook warmed up a lot and was really good value and very strong on, you know, Jefferson was the big talking point with everyone because of the performance he had going, what, 147 and that jet sweep touchdown as well. Uh, and I, I thought, he seemed really warm. He seemed really great. Harrison Smith was excellent because, you know, we just got the news that, that Lewis seen had a lower leg fracture, that he's going to get surgery here in the UK before he flies back separately to the team. And and that's, you know, that news just come back and he was brilliant on Lou, as he called him, and what a great teammate he's been and how warm everyone feels towards him. And, you know, they still expect him to have a great career despite this kind of setback and all that was really good. It was just the stuff like they were so loose and so happy. I had a little chat with Pat Peterson kind of off mic because we've had him on a couple of times before, but he was going to the podium. They actually sent all the best players as a rule to the the podium. Um, But everyone was like, Adam Thielen was really warm. Justin Jefferson was a lot of fun. Uh, There was a very funny moment where Jalen Rager, who of course has been a player who has had to deal with a lot of pelters in his direction since he was drafted by the Eagles above Justin Jefferson, what, three seasons ago now he'd had a drop in the second half where actually it looked like quite a bad drop. But when you watched it back, it was tipped. And I, I think, I guess like he was still beating himself up a bit about it. And KJ Osborne, took his phone with the highlight off Twitter and went and showed it to Jalen Rager to show him that the ball had been tipped. And they kind of had this, like the two of them huddled around the phone, like scrolling back on it on Twitter in the way that we'd be like showing each other a great highlight if we'd missed it on the game. And it's like, you know, I know they're going to go and watch tape eventually, but that was just a really funny moment to me that they are like, you know, don't worry, bro. Like it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. And then like, you know, Rager goes over and starts showing it to Adam Thielen. And it was just like, it was very funny. Um, I think he must have got quite a bit of stick for that. The, the game itself, look, I, I uh, Greg Rosenthal from around the NFL, who's one of the guys who was over, summed this up really nicely last night when he was like, it was a bit of a microcosm for the NFL right now, right? It was a close game. It was a fun game. It was two teams who could both easily be three and one or one and three, and you'd absolutely believe it. Neither of them looked like they're going to be contending in January or particularly good. And it does feel like outside of, you know, the... I think the teams that we think are really good, uh, what the Dolphins, Bills, Eagles, uh, uh, maybe one or two others who are like, yeah, they look really spicy early season. Everyone else is in this kind of malaise in the middle where figure it out, get the scheme working, get the coaching right, and you could rise above everyone. But four weeks into the season, there's a lot of, very middle average If you were to do power rankings, you'd have to rank about 10 teams at 16 and then just build the rest around it.
1: There's not a lot of good football being played at the moment. I think that, like you say, it felt like a microcosm yesterday in terms of, And you could pick games, you know, go and pick that Green Bay, New England game. You go and pick, you know, pick the Vegas Broncos game. You know, the Chiefs were excellent last night and really bounced back after that absolute clunker against the Colts. But um, generally, there's just not a lot of, And I suppose I wonder whether or not like this week specifically, I I know players shut this out, but it it felt like there was a kind of pool of um, just that kind of injury pool that was hanging over everybody in terms of everything that had happened on, on Thursday night and the previous Sunday. And, you know, so many questions being asked and so many things being looked at and so much kind of drama and all those sorts of things it felt like it sort of impinged a little bit on the actual games uh, you know and then you have you know the injury to Lewis scene and you have the you know the Tyrod Taylor concussion you have the Cam break concussion and all those sorts of you know Saquon having to, to start to play at quarterback because Daniel Jones is injured as well I just feel it just felt like you know it's one of those weeks where everything gets magnified because something else has happened Do you know what I mean it felt like a little bit of a hangover maybe if I mean, that's a long thing to say when we're talking about concussion but it did feel like that sort of I don't know. It just felt slightly weird, but it hasn't been an amazing quality. There's been lots of like close games, but it hasn't felt like there's been some amazing quality. for, I mean, you look at something like Mike Evans last night. Evans was phenomenal. Made some great catches, but overall, you think that whilst there's been great individual performances, actually collective, not so much so far this
0: That, uh, that I, to an extent as well. That Chiefs Bucks game is is a another prime example of it. You know. Uh, the chiefs of the first half of that game absolutely dominated the Bucs and probably felt it could have been up by by more than they were. They, this is a Bucs team who had held three teams so far to what, 14, nine and three points this season up until that point. And Mahomes had blown past that by you know eight minutes left of the second quarter uh, by a country mile. And they got out to uh, a big lead and they did let Brady back in. Brady had the back-to-back touchdown drives. You say Mike Evans had a big game. It's obviously huge to see him having all those weapons back on the field for him. But considering they were meant to be this great defense through the first three weeks, they got run all over, they got passed all over, they got absolutely picked apart by a good team. and And that's why I kind of feel like Whilst the scoreline, okay, ten points is never tight, but putting allowing a team to put thirty-one up on you will always feel like a relatively tight game, like a shootout. That felt like that game was beyond Tampa Bay yeah. by from the start, really, from the first.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably actually. The to the be fair, point. but it's fascinating, isn't it? You look at that. You look at Tampa Bay last week. that Defense shut down the Packers pretty much. You know, it was a closed, tight game, and, and then you see what happened. Yesterday, with with Kansas City coming in and putting up 41, but then you flip back a week and you know the Colts can't get uh, the, the Chiefs can't get past the Colts, and you just kind of think, What well, you know, was that an anomaly? But apart from that, Mahomes was sensational. I mean, the little flip to Clyde Edwards Hilaire was just, I mean, just ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's backyard stuff, yeah.
0: I think the running game in general really got going as well, and actually, Clyde Edwards Hilaire for probably the first time in three years was
1: excellent as well. Yeah, Pacheco was excellent when he came in and just spelled uh Edwards Hilaire and seems to have sort of let past McKinnon as well. So um yeah, it was a, uh, it was just a it was a game to remind you because I thought Kansas City's lack of speed on offense was an issue without Tyreek Hill. And I think it showed up last week against the Colts and then last night you just thought, wow, they just they look fantastic again on offense. And, you know, um whether that was Andy and, and, and Eric Baynery going back to the drawing board and really kind of, you know, coming up with some new wrinkles. Or whether it was just you know, there's felt like they'd almost had to have a sort of players-only meeting just to sort of sort things out on offense. But, but yeah, it was. Um, I thought. Um, I thought it was dominant from the Chiefs last night. It looked like the Chiefs of old, really. I
0: do think the um the O line uh, as part of this. Uh, you go back to you know when these two played in that Super Bowl in the same stadium, thirty-one to nine, win, and and they were pressured all over the field for the entirety of the game. And whilst Mahomes was sacked three times still last night, he was pressured on far fewer dropbacks overall compared with both that game, but also with the game against the Colts last weekend. They did much better in the trenches against arguably a better defence, I'd say, based on where we are so far this season. I, I just, all in all, I thought they played really well. So,
1: Yeah, I think Orlando Pace is really struggling at left tackle though at the moment. I don't really know why in terms of, you know, turn down that massive contract in the in the summer. And uh, I think he's just, he's not had a great start to the season so far, but I think the interior guys, certainly especially Creed Humphrey and, and, and Trey Smith, who was, you know, bargain of this and a lot of other drafts in terms of where he ended up. I know there were some health issues, but, but yeah, they need to get pace back on track, but, but generally that looked like a much more Kansas city performance last night than, than, you know, that looked like the chiefs of old without Tyreek Hill, but it looked like the chiefs of old. Is it,
0: are the Packers, another example this week of just how up and down, this league is because, I mean, I know Ollie Hunter in absentia today, but was talking last night about you know the run defense being as bad as he is, and then Rogers, who that passing game in the first half, admittedly off the back of a a good Patriots defensive performance, which has not been something we've seen a huge amount of in the last two years, but then in the second half he just looked vintage Rogers. He looked, like I thought he was unreal.
1: There were four, or five, four or five throws in the second half that were just like absolute. You know, I mean, the, the ball to Dubs for the for the touchdown that wasn't was an absolute oh. sensational pass. But, but I mean, just the just the flick of the wrist to you know the ball down the right sideline early in the third quarter to Lazard was a great pass. Um, you know, and he came up massive in those big moments. But the first half he was so out of sync. I mean. And absolutely kudos to the, I thought the Patriots' defence were excellent. Um, I'm not so sold on Jack Jones at the microphone afterwards, sort of (laughs) saying that it was embarrassing. I mean, mate, stay in your lane. Um, But uh, overall, it's so interesting watching the Packers because you just like, it it feels like Aaron feels like it's not reminiscent of 2018, but in a way it is in terms of that sort of slightly hero ball kind of, Style of play that he he undertook in the last eighteen months of the Mike McCarthy era in terms of just trying to put everything on his shoulders. The run game is so good, the offensive line is so excellent that you just think, you know, I would. You know, it, it must be hard for Matt Lafleur when you've got a wet, when you've got the talent of Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but when you've got such a such a powerful running game, such a strong running game with those two with those two guys in the backfield, you just think actually there are times when just lean on that run game with Jones and Dylan. Um, and it is going to take time for the for the watsons and the uh, and the dobbses and and those guys to get back robert Tonyan coming back from the injury sammy watkins obviously uh, you know out uh, and uh, i think on ir but um but you know when he comes back it it, it is taking time and they clearly do miss devonte adams understandably why wouldn't you miss the the best receiver in the nfl but you just i just don't know really what to expect with the patriots in turn with the packers in terms of you know they could end up winning it all or you could think you know they might i mean i think they'll make the playoffs obviously but it's just got to start clicking and i suspect it will Um, But the NFC feels like it's so weak they could end up in the Super
0: Bowl. It really started to, I thought, in that second half, as we mentioned last night. I mean, we talked about rushing and and the Green Bay run defence did have problems and and got gashed a number of times by both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And that's considering that we knew that with uh, Bailey Zap or Zappy or however you pronounce the surname, um, under centre, we knew they were going to have to lean heavily on that run game. And yet they still weren't able to stop it. They got what uh, they went at just over five yards a carry. But then Green Bay themselves, 199 yards off 35 carries. Jones and Dylan splitting the workload pretty evenly between them as well. And then you look at the the receivers: Lazard six catches, Romeo Dobbs five catches off of both off eight targets. You know, combining for Dobbs uh, much shorter yardage because his big play was, uh, as you say, chalked off. But Lazard had a big day, which is what they've been desperate for. And then I, the player who really keeps standing out to me, and this is, comes back to what we um, we talked about him last week, but also I had a conversation with Zadarius Smith in the Vikings locker room last night when we were talking about that Vikings defensive line and the fact that they let a talent like that go and seeing Rashawn Gary really take it to a whole new level this year, you know, it forced the fumble, which saw Hoyer go out of the game in the first half, which is an obvious and clear impact. But beyond that, I just felt like on every passing down two sacks, two tackle, uh, tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. And it just felt like he was, it didn't matter who they lined up along against him, whether they put a chip block in, whether they like tried to run some kind of double team, he just was powering through guys. I, I like, I know this is the guy you and Matt both talked about coming out of Michigan, but I think I'm really seeing it this season.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the Packers' run defense as well, I think is you, you touched on it there. I think that's such a um it's such an interesting thing because obviously they lost Adrian Amos who steps up into the box and is a, you know is good against the run. But before they lost Amos, they were struggling. I know that Ramondre Stevenson and, and Damian Harris are really good players. That that's a really good tandem there. But given that they drafted a defensive tackle in Devonta Wyatt, they drafted a third-down linebacker in Key Walker, they're really struggling against the run. I don't really know why. It feels like they're doubling up a lot on Kenny Clark and and interior defensive lineman and Devondre Campbell are, are not winning their one-on-one battles. That's got to get fixed really quickly coming to London because you've got you know Saquon Barkley coming off a, another massive performance um, and he's been sensational this season. And you you know you don't want to let Saquon Barkley loose on on that defense because. they'll run all over you. And that's got to be a concern for for Joe Barry and for for the Packers' brass. A
0: little bit of praise on the other side, though, for the the Patriots O-line, which had so many question marks in the season. As you say, the run defence, not good. But, you know, Cole Strange had a couple of plays on Kenny Clark where he opened up those run lanes where you're like, oh, maybe he was worth spending a bizarre first-round pick on. I'm not quite sure I'm there yet, but he just had a couple of plays where he really flashed, um, uh, showed really good strength, really good footwork. And, and so there is there is reason to praise on on the other side of the ball. I thought the left-hand line much better than the right-hand side of their line. Isaiah Wynn had a yeah. shocker.
1: They've got good players. Yeah, I don't think Wynn played very well. David Andrews, obviously, a really good centre. Michael um, Win is a good player. Um, I thought Strange played well. I just You just feel like with the Giants coming in and their ability to run the ball, it could be a long night for the Green Bay Run defense if they they can't be off the We're field.
0: also recording this slash you're watching it live right now on, on StreamYard or on Twitter, um, before we know what the New York Giants are gonna do under center next weekend. Because okay, they're coming in at three and one and they're feeling good about themselves. One of those slightly bizarre wins over the Chicago Bears. They've had a few of those this year, the Panthers, the Titans, all kind of tight games, which easily could have gone the other way. But yeah, with Daniel Jones going down, with Tyrod Taylor going down. You know, this Davis Webb is being talked about potentially coming over to London. Are they going to sign somebody? If they do, does that person have a passport in order to fly out on Thursday night, Friday morning to come out here? Like it, they have been left in a sticky situation. And as much as everyone's excited to see the Packers come over, and I talked about it being two teams with a winning record. It does scare me a little bit. I almost need the Packers run defence to be bad and Saquon Barkley to have a really big game so we get a competitive game in London because otherwise I am a little concerned that with a makeshift quarterback, this could get quite ugly.
1: I see that he's day-to-day and that there's, there's a lot of optimism that he's going to play at the weekend, which I think is good. And and look, give him credit. Give Brian Bindable credit. I think he was hugely maligned for obvious reasons. And I think that he's shown progression week after week, Daniel Jones. I thought he played well yesterday, put a, layered a couple of beautiful balls in. It, it, they're really making use of his ability to to use his feet and get out of the pocket and uh, and make plays with his feet, akin to what Josh Allen did um you know, uh with Buffalo and Brian Dable and akin to you go back to Brian Dable and, and Jalen Hurts at Alabama, those sorts of things in terms of, you know, using players that can use their legs and making the most of, of what they do. And and Brian Dable's bought into to Daniel Jones. He's kind of had to. his, his cart has been tied to him. And I think Jones has, has repaid some of that. Uh you know, I d I don't think we're ever going to talk about a, a top ten quarterback in the NFL, but you can win with a guy who can get his way into the top fifteen. And I think, you know, Jones is slowly but surely doing that. And it, you know, let's not talk let let's not pretend that he has, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and those guys to throw to, he doesn't. You know, he's making use of of not the greatest receiving core in the league, but he has this great running back to to rely on, which he's, you know, they're making great use of. And when you can hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley and when he stays healthy, we can throw to him. I mean the, the play he made where he got tackled reverse field, Daniel Jones went out in front of him, he blocked on like that third down and he picked up the first down. It's just, you know, that's what you want from a guy like that. And if they can, like I said, if they can control the the line of scrimmage and if they can, can establish that run game on Sunday, the Packers could be in for a long afternoon.
0: Uh, Let's talk about one of the games yesterday that realistically was, was one of the games of the day going into it and turned into. So despite a team going up big early, we end up with two preseason favorites, the Ravens going to two and two, the Bills now to three and one after the late victory. And, Some curious decisions on behalf of John Harbaugh and the Ravens. I have to say, on the challenge he had earlier, where it looked like Lamar Jackson reached out and got the first down, I cannot see why that wasn't overturned. There was not an angle that I saw where I didn't think that he got the first down. So that felt a little harsh, but that drive ended with no points at all. The the thing that really throws me, it's two-tier. It's the decision to not kick the field goal and go for it on fourth down which is a classic decision where if they score the touchdown, everyone goes, Oh, what a genius. Oh, being really aggressive. Really love that from a team who hadn't scored any points in the second half. It struck me as bizarre. And a team whose defense overall had played pretty well, even though they'd given up that lead. And then late on, they tried to let the bills score the touchdown. Now, actually I'm trying to remember who it was. It was in on the tackle, but he, he said, we were told either let them score or strip the ball. And in his attempt to strip the ball, he actually managed to make a tackle almost by accident. And you could see the other players around him giving him some some stick. I think it was a, a daffe away, possibly, um, giving him some kind of stick around him for doing so. But I, know, I I don't hate the let them score thing. I know Matt Sherry, who kind of gridiron creator, is big on the let them score thing and try and go out and put the ball in the hands of your best player. But again, you've not scored in the second half at all. Your defense has been your best unit, stopping them getting a field goal and trying to score the other way is, is probably the better way to go. Just the whole thing for a coach experience as experienced as Harbour and Marcus Peters had a real go at him on the sideline as well, he which. Did, yeah. Peters is a player who has been known to be hot-headed as we know but even so that's not something you see from the Ravens organization very much is that kind of infighting and and that kind of you know behind the scenes stuff showing out publicly it just it felt uncharacteristically poor
1: from a coaching perspective from from one of the best in the NFL yeah i just i just didn't understand the decision and you know, it was clear that he doesn't trust his defence. That's why you keep the offence on the, the, the field to try and score. But I I didn't even understand the, the play call from Greg Roman. It just made no sense to me. It's just like why you've got the most agile, athletic, run-first quarterback in the league, right? Uh, a, an MVP candidate. At least get him in a situation where he's got the opportunity to run instead of a pure sort of five-step draw. I mean, I know he, had, I mean, he has Mike Davis open early, but that window closes quite quickly. Um, and then DuVernay comes uncovered in the corner, but you, you kind of have to feather it in a la, you know, Ben Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone at the Super Bowl to try and get that in there. Um I just don't understand why you wouldn't put Jackson in a situation where he's got the opportunity to use his legs to pick up a to pick up the touchdown. And that just defies belief. But ultimately just kick the field goal, send it to overtime. You got the, you know, you got the best field goal kicker in the game, but it is clear he didn't trust his defense. And I thought it was fascinating. A watching Marcus Peters, who didn't just say it once. I mean, he was really going at him. Um, and then for Harbaugh to say in the locker room afterwards that he said, you know, I'm, I understand we're on the same page. I'm, a, you know, I'm a Marcus Peters guy. I hope he, you know, I hope he still loves me. We have an honest relationship. I really love him, but I hope he still loves me. And he just like, that's a coach that knows that he he screwed up. And uh, I just think the Ravens having, you know. Blown the game against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. Now do it again against the Bills. I mean, they were, you know, there were up big. They could be 4 0 right now. Could easily be 4 0 right Bills, now. Yeah. I don't think the Bills have ever won. I think I read earlier the Bills have never won a game when they've been behind by, or haven't won a game in a lot of years when they were behind by seven, more than 17 points. And you just think, how did you manage to blow that at home? You had them exactly where you wanted them right in your hand and you, you managed to blow it. I just I didn't understand
0: it. There was a two comments from Harbor afterwards that kind of struck me about everything that you've said there being completely true as he said well one thing is is you know the analytics say you should have gone for it there because what you do is you put the other team in a position where they have to drive 98 yards in theory to go and get a a score and they have and and there's the issue that they have four downs to play with well actually on the 98 yards thing Because of the interception, it turns to a touchback and that becomes 80 yards. And those 18 yards are some of the hardest 18 yards on the field because you're in in the same way it is in the red zone. Your playbook, when you're backed right up to your own goal line, has to completely change because you can't take the sack. You can't take the safety, etc. And then on top of that, because you haven't taken the field goal, it's not four downs for the whole distance of the field. It doesn't change their whole playbook. They have to just get it to the 30, the 40, even as we saw yesterday at Wembley, in order to put themselves into field goal range. And then everything changes to, you know, three and a stop, whatever it might be. It just, I don't know, his whole philosophy on it seemed bizarre to me. I just, there's sometimes yeah. where you just go, take the points, take the points,
1: Especially at that point. Uh, I, the flip side of that argument about their defence, I don't think their defence is great, let's be honest. But also, they're up 20 to three, right? They didn't score another point. Do you know what I mean? They didn't score another point in the second half. And that defense turned the ball over twice. Uh, it had two red zone stops. It allowed 23 points total to a top five offense in the league. I think Buffalo were four of 11 on, on third downs. They limited, fairly limited big plays down the field, which has been a killer for teams playing Buffalo generally this season. I, I, I think the offense has to hold its hands up a little bit and, uh, and take some of the blame and some of the responsibility because it wasn't just on the, on the defense that, that Baltimore didn't win that game.
0: Yeah, I, I I still back the Ravens in general because of the coaching. And I do think that defence will figure things out. And uh, they've got Lamar Jackson. I, they, we said it, they're two and two, but the two defeats this season are A, against teams who I think are at the very top end of the AFC through four weeks of the year, but also in... Situations where they probably should have won those games. Sunday night football against the Bengals next weekend, when the Bengals have had ten days to get ready for that game and their offensive line much improved, much improved against the Dolphins, I think is going to be a bit of a litmus test. But then after that, Giants Browns, I do expect them to get it right. I just, you know, next weekend Sunday night football looks
1: like a really, really tasty one uh, with the Bengals. Yeah. Hard to countenance blown leads of twenty one and seventeen points, though, you know, at home. Do you know what I mean? That's hard to get your head around. you're not wrong. You're not wrong.
3: So we talk about the NFL, but have you ever experienced the NFL in its natural state, live and in person in America, surrounded by tens of thousands of screaming partisan fans after spending hours beforehand in the car park, outside the stadium, enjoying a cold beer, maybe one or two, as the smell of barbecue and tailgate food wafts deliciously through the air. If not, or if you have, and you fancy doing it again, well, Touchdown Trips folks are the experts in creating amazing travel packages for your favorite NFL team. And when we say amazing, we mean it. The guys and the girls at Touchdown Trips put fans first and are passionate. The fans who book with them get a proper, unforgettable, and more importantly, a unique NFL experience. You don't just get tickets but an authentic pre-game tailgate with local fans. College fan? You want to go to a college game? Stadium tour? Why not? As well as all that, they include flights from across the UK. They've got fantastic hotels and anything else you may want to add, such as an NBA game or an NHL game or a local excursion to create truly bespoke packages that are more importantly at all protected and up to bonded. So, if you're thinking of going to a game this season or next and just want to get in touch, give the team at Touchdown Trips a shout today at touchdowntrips.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash touchdown trips, or Twitter at touchdown trips. Touchdown trips, you have to see it to believe it.
0: It feels like the Jets, the Jets uh, only winning games on the road and only doing it by coming behind big. Kenny Pickett came into the game, threw a pick with the first pick. I don't want to talk too much about Jets Steelers, but it was a really entertaining finish. And it was excited to see the Jets do something. Excited to see Zach Wilson do something. And I mean, for somebody who on this show last week said, I thought that Kenny Pickett might be coming soon to see him throw three interceptions. He completed all 13 of his passes that he made. Just three of them were to mm. the opposition. Three were,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought, like, kudos to Zach Wilson, because, you know, he comes back in the game, first game of the season, or he's 10 of 12 for 128 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. That's, you know, on the road in Pittsburgh. I know this is not, you know, this isn't the Roethlisberger Pittsburgh Steelers, but um, I, I thought he played pretty well. And five for five, for five, fifty-seven yards on that final drive there, you know, I, I thought he had a couple of big time throws, um, certainly over the middle of the field to Corey Davis on that final drive. I thought, you know, if this is Zach Wilson, then the Jets are going, there's a lot of young talent on that Jets side, Um, you know, and Robert Sala said, you know, he's keeping the receipts and so far they're, you know, they're showing up and they're, they're playing well. They, they're establishing that run game with Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson looks like he's a really good player. Corey Davis playing complimentary football. The offensive line is holding up. Source Gardner is playing really well on the back end. I, I think that, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hope in Jets land, I think a massive game for them at home on Sunday against the Dolphins. Um, but you know, if they can if they can win that, they're you know they're they're in a three way tie. If Buffalo win, they're in a three way tie for the top of the AFC East, and nobody had that on their bingo card at the start of the season.
0: No, quite. Um, uh, just a couple of other thoughts from looking across the games. The AFC West might not be the division we thought it was going into the season. The Raiders finally pick up their first victory. The Broncos score multiple touchdowns for the first time this year, but uh, come away. Losing thirty-two to twenty-three and ending up at two and two, I do think that Broncos-Jags game we've got here at the end of the month looks really intriguing. Jacksonville, in in some horrendous circumstances, go up early on Philly, who are the, the the last remaining undefeated team in the league. But Trevor Lawrence, off the back of what I thought was his best all-round career performance, maybe outside of in London last year, that he's put on. You get the five turnovers in the rain. You get. You know, some of them were on him as much as I think decision making, maybe rather than technique. Although the, the James Bradbury one uh, kind of lofted it up in the air, which I thought was, uh, you know, under pressure from an Eagles blitz that I didn't think was necessarily the best of, uh, of decisions. Um, Fieffi fumbles in the wet condition. I don't know. I just he still feels like somebody who's yet to fully figure it out.
1: Yeah. And I think that's fair. I mean, when you look at the sort of Bishop Sycamore type coaching that he got last year from Urban from Meyer and his crew, it's understandable. You know, I, I think we pile so much pressure onto young quarterbacks and expect them to be sensational right from the from the get-go that, you know, within a few games, if if they're not playing and you only have to look at the treatment of a Zach Wilson or a Lawrence or a Tua Tungabailoa or, you know, whoever, whoever it is over the last few years, if they're not coming out and spinning it like... And we've been spoiled because of Mahomes and Jackson and Allen and Herbert and Burrow. And that's fine. But, you know, let's not pretend that Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert haven't had their fairly significant issues. But actually, some of that has been slightly sort of tapered away because Burrow obviously got to a Super Bowl and played sensationally down the stretch. That Herbert has made some just unbelievable throws. But, you know, Justin is also struggling in critical moments of big games like he did in college. He's also throwing big time interceptions. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. I, I think Trevor Lawrence has to play better, but I think the hang, the hangover from Hurricane Ian, the, the the sort of the Philadelphia court certainly played into it. You know, I know both teams had to play in the wet. Jalen Hurts didn't fumble the ball four times, but I, I don't think that was a indicative of a Trevor Lawrence performance when it feels like he has really begun to, to turn the corner. And I think that Jacksonville team is, is pretty good. I know we've had a question about whether or not they can make the playoffs. I, I mean, I think they'll be right in the mix. I think Doug Peterson's a, a, a really good coach. I think he's, you know, I think he's begun to answer the question about who really was the brains behind that Philadelphia Super Bowl <laughs> win. And you, know, you saw, you saw the reaction from the, from the Eagles crowd, which essentially gave him a standing ovation um, yesterday, which look at this guy coming in, look, who uh,
2: I thought I'd drop in. I was listening to you. Um, uh, Ollie Hunter here. uh I was listening to you, and you're right about the, the 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 QB situation, Simon. But um, I was listening. My meet my my meeting finished early, and I thought, ah, oh, I miss these boys. Let me jump on. Let I, me jump on. Sorry I, to interrupt. Carry on. Was, Finish still, your thought, the and the then the bring the me. These fans in. are a notoriously tough crowd.
1: I mean, I can remember once when uh, I can remember once when I mean this was years ago back at the vet when a uh, when a Santa Claus parachuted into the, into the ground, into the stadium and he landed instead of landing on the field, he landed in the crowd and they broke his leg. I mean, it's like, and the vet used to have a, um, the vet used to have a jail and a courtroom under the stadium because there was so much trouble in the stands.
0: Philly um, fans love it so, when you yeah. talk about them booing Santa or like, you know, That's that, it's true. their favorite thing in That's the world. But
1: you, you know, you only have to see the, the, the reverence with which the players, there was a queue of players waiting to hug Doug Peterson after the game yesterday. Jason Kelsey like swapped shirts and got Doug Peterson's coat, raincoat and stuff. And you know, then it was Peterson, then it was Lane Johnson, then it was Jalen Hurts, then it was Brandon Graham. There's this like long list of stud players just going up and you know wanting to spend time with this guy that that won them a Super Bowl. And you know, I I think that Jacksonville team are going to be difficult to beat. They need a few more pieces. They need you know Christian Kirk needs a bit of help out wide and. And those sorts of things. I think the linebackers are sensational. Lloyd and um, the, the kid they got in free agency, whose name escapes me, but I just think generally they're a you know they're an improving upside team. And it, and if Lawrence can get that help, then I think um, I think um, it'll be really interesting moving forward. But I don't think that was indicative of Trevor Lawrence's career having the four fumbles. It's just one of those situations.
0: That being said. Philly coming from 14 points down, doing it with the run game. We've seen that Jalen Hurts can move the ball this year. This idea that he was just a, a fancy quarterback, a numbers quarterback, a garbage time quarterback, I think has been proven to be garbage so far in this 4-0 and start, but they ran the ball brilliantly. Miles Sanders, who I have to say came into the season feeling... Uh, very apathetic towards as the starting back uh, and Kenneth Gainwell. I thought did play well as a kind of secondary combination. But twenty-seven carries, one hundred and thirty-four yards, two touchdowns, including the game-dying touchdown with four minutes remaining in that first half. Like I thought he was superb. I thought that the Eagles looked great again. And you know, I I, st- I just need to figure out. It's a little bit like everything we've said on this show so far. We're we're in week four, and it's been a weird first four weeks of the season. I'm not sure that the Cardinals are the team to truly test the Eagles, but so far they have faced a very odd collection of teams and they only go on to, you know, Dallas may be a bit stouter on Sunday night football in a couple of weeks, but realistically it's the end of November when they play the Packers, where they play an actual full-blown contender as I currently see it. Maybe the Cowboys with that Prescott back, but they've just won a bunch of games with Cooper Rush. So who knows? I, I, I don't know. I, I still want to see them play a great team, but they ran the ball so well that I, I loved it.
1: The evolution of Hurts as a quarterback, as well. I think Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, deserves huge mm-hmm. credit for, for the job that he's done. Because, you know, I remember Matt Sherry and I had this conversation when Jalen was at Alabama and talking about the conversation around him when he came out would be fascinating. But the, the way that he's evolved into a passing quarterback with the ability to run, he, there are there are a few um, there are a few similarities to Randall Cunningham. In terms of just the ability to to make yards with his feet, and, and yeah, Cunningham had a bigger arm, um, but there are I, I do get some reminders of of the two of them when they're playing. But I think um, you know, what's interesting about Jalen Hurts is that he's, it feels like he's getting better. I think just like you, I want to see him in a really big game, but I do kind of look at their schedule and think, and the NFC generally and think, I don't know, like where are these big, you know, where are these big in conference games coming because the conference is like it, it's not massive. You know, in terms of the their, the ability of teams in the NFC at the moment, it just feels like there's, you know, like you said at the very top of the show, Will, there's a lot of teams around 16th best in the league and most of them seem to be in the NFC.
0: Uh, two of them playing, of course, in that 48-45 Seahawks-Lions game, which we don't need to talk a lot about, except to say, great score, good fun, not good football teams. Catherine yeah, a couple of good offers. I mean Lions still moving the ball without Amon St. Brown and DeAndre Swift and DJ shark Fair play to them. DJ Hawkinson had a ludicrous game. But uh yeah, I mean I don't expect either of those teams to really be competing when we come down to it, except that back to the bad and I, I did think it think. was
2: interesting
1: I did think it was interesting though that Dan Campbell started to talk about Aaron Glenn and and potentially that, you know, changes need to be made and he loves Aaron, but you know, things need to be really I do think that's interesting in terms of the direction that they're going. Just one thing on the Eagles, though. You go back and look away at the they got the Cardinals on the road. They've got the Cowboys at home, the Steelers at home, the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts. I mean, they could still be unbeaten when they play the Packers at home on November the 28th. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Do you know what I mean? It's the, that that you know, Cowboys
0: one is the one challenge before them, but it's why I said it. I think that Packers yeah. is the first time they play an out and out contender for me right now. I think the Cowboys were still waiting on health. We're still waiting on some facts. The Cowboys still feel like a team who could go very deep in the playoffs to me. There's the talent yeah. is clearly there, but I haven't seen them.
1: Even down the stretch after the Packers, Titans at home, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants doesn't feel like the toughest schedule in the world. They're not playing any of the, the you know. The monster AFC teams that you know they're not playing a Buffalo or a Baltimore or you know any of those teams at the moment. So uh, it's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting schedule for the. For the
0: We've kind of talked our way through most of the games, on It's been a bit over the place, it's been a bit you know rambling, as is, as is our want. We did go into the Packers and the questions you were asking about the run defense and and Rodgers, et etc. No, we there, don't need to go
2: on to it, we don't need we to go did, back we, to it. Was there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we want to get we want to get to a, a backup. Um, I'll have to listen back for for Simon's thoughts on on Zappy. Um, but we, you know, it uh, Green Bay are a real Jekyll and Hyde team. I like, and they Jekyll and Hyde during games rather than and, and not just week to week. It's weird, but I would hope by the time that they play the Eagles that they've figured it out and actually perhaps a, a trip to London. Um, and we we hear this all the time from teams, apart from the Baltimore Ra- Baltimore Ravens, Whoa. when Harbaugh came over and stunk the place out. But we hear it all the time from teams that going away on a big trip to London, or or well, it'll be Germany next month as well. But going away can really bring a team together. It, 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 it's business. It's focus. And I'm. It seems like Rodgers doesn't have any concentration um, at times. It, it, things are getting away from him, and he, or things upset him too much, and it, it affects him, and he can't. He gets in a funk during games, so I think a trip away may allow the Packers to to you know find their rhythm and and on both offense and defense. Because at the moment it's we were all, all very excited place. about the Packers being in town next week,
0: and I have to say, my final thought, and then I'll go around everyone else. The London games always bring a great atmosphere, a great crowd a great kind of vibe to the whole thing i really felt like yesterday i was there from very early doors to get set up because we did our, our stuff at the bricklayers beforehand as well i was there from sort of nine in the morning and saw crowds already starting to amass at the shop and, and around the stadium and even though they hadn't put on all the kind of nonsense they sometimes do with the qb throwing uh, kicking bits and everything else that they sometimes have it just felt like it was a real carnival atmosphere, particularly yesterday, more so than, than I think I've ever seen it before. And I think that was for a game that whilst ended up being a good game, next week, everyone was talking it's, about next week. Everyone yeah. was talking about the Packers game. I've never had so many people ask if I know where they can get tickets or if I can get them tickets or if there's any like uh, possibility of a place to watch the game because It is, it does feel really significant, them coming to town next weekend. And I think it's going to be, as long as we can hopefully get a half decent game, I think it's just going to be fantastic next weekend. Plus, Simon Clancy's
2: there. I can't wait. Oh, mate. That's the main, that's the highlight, isn't it? That's like the, the, there's Aaron Rodgers. He's the highlight. Sorry, Simon. And then, (laughs) then it's you. I don't care I don't care about the, 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 the dual threat of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I don't even care about Saquon Barkley. I don't care about the the likely uniform matchup. It's all about the Cycon Simon. Clancy. Clancy is who you're looking. <laughs> <Saquon> Clancy. Uh, <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> Simon, did you
1: have
0: any final thoughts to anything we've not touched on? Yeah,
1: just the Falcons, really. I just looking at the stat sheet, they obviously won the game, but could you if I was to say to you, Marcus Mariota completed seven passes uh that, that their leading receiver, the uh, uh, Zaccheaus, had two catches. The Carpets had one catch. Drake London had two for 17. Would you have thought that that team had beaten the Cleveland Browns? I mean, absolutely zero. I but, did enjoy it, though, you know, greatly. You know, yeah, absolutely. The Fal- I mean, who had the Falcons? I mean, I've said it before, re-bingo cars, but who had the Falcons at two and two at this point in terms of, you know, given the, the absolute lack of quality on their, on Their roster, so you know, hell of a coaching job that's being done by Arthur Smith at the moment to keep that team not only competitive, but you know, they're, they're at 500 at the moment.
0: Of that, good bit of positivity, Ollie. You, you didn't hear anything else we said, so you have a clean slate. Any final thoughts?
2: <laughs> um, I, you know, what we had, and uh, we had an, an incredible, incredible slate of uniforms this week. Hashtag Kitwatch, um, I, oh. the the the. the the Giants throwbacks oh. are just—they were just stunning. The piping on that on that jersey, the 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 Giants emblazoned across the helmet is was That's so great. nice. The Saints, all white with the with the with the new helmet, was 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 glorious. Um, the even the Cardinals, the Cardinals Come look on, great when with they the, go all the red
1: above and below the name on the nameplate. I love that.
2: Yeah, yeah. There are some. Good, I don't. I think. I think. The uniform situation in the NFL has never Absolutely. been healthier. At, it looks great. It looks at, so good. At a time good. where we the Kit league watch. looks as average
0: as it ever has in terms of quality, not in terms of output and excitement and fun, but in terms of quality, uh, it's good to know that the hit watch.
2: It's, is, it's easy <laughs> on the eye. It's you know, it's easy on the eye. A bit like the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, easy on the eye. Looked fantastic. It looked magnificent. And uh, I was up with Will for the. For and the talk sport guys, um, for most of the game, but I went down for the last five minutes, which was a really good time to go down, uh, down into the bowl. And man, it's way louder, way louder. And you'll, you'll find that next week, Simon. Um, and when we've got two really hugely supported teams that are coming down, it is gonna be loud. I think next week or this Sunday, oh my god, it's this Sunday, six days. Ah, um, I think it's gonna be the loudest and most nfl like yeah, game that we will I ever have had I because the packers somebody. are packers are coming out in force and i think pretty much all the neutrals will be rooting for the giants apart from jets fans and cowboys fans you know what i mean so i think the the atmosphere is going to be off the scale if we have anything to go by the last game um the stadium's really really like they the stadium is 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 just glorious. I, I, I was in the, the Vikings press conferences afterwards and to a man, all of the guys were saying this is the, a great place to play football. Adam Thielen said he wants to come back every year, which is, I mean, all right, it's, they've just won the game, but that's ridiculous. So it's it's starting to feel like a proper NFL stadium. I mean, that's that was the whole intention. And I just loved it. I loved it. I can't wait for Friday. I'm going to go to Packers practice. Is anyone going um, to Giants practice? Maybe annoy Aaron Rodgers. i send, sending Ollie Wilson. I'll commentate to um, Giants practice.
0: because No one else is going.
2: Yes, yeah, send him. That's classic Ollie Wilson, isn't it? Um, so I'm looking forward to Friday. There's going to be beers galore on Saturday. I think are they gridiron? Is there a gridiron beers on that's Thursday? Been um, so th- that's been talked about. So that's been talked about. And then... And then the, the main event on Sunday. Wow. Ah, uh, just uh, it's just a great time. It's a great time to be an NFL fan in the UK. And then and over I to the it. Brick Players on. come on, Eileen.
1: Can I throw one thing out there? Matt <laughs> Milano, defensive MVP. Oh, what a game. What a game he had. Hey, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. What a player. I loved that. Yeah. That was
0: a what, what, what a note a to end on. Bring it back to football from Ollie's lovely uh, ranting about how great London is. I think we're all just feeling the love today. And I'm very happy with it. I'm going to go back to bed now. Everyone have a lovely yep. rest of your day. Uh, and I will see you all on Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Can't wait for it. At UK Gridiron on Instagram, at Gridiron on Twitter. You can find us on TikTok, uh, all those other good platforms as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just interact with us. Let us know. You can come and put the questions on the weekly show. You can send us questions in the week or on a Sunday that we'll answer on the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you see us in London, we'll say come and say hello. We did have a couple last week and it was lovely. Oh,
3: well, a few hi. little
1: fist bumps. Not too, not too close. Behind the velvet right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do, not cut that out. Do
0: not cut that out, Michael. That has to stay <laughs> in. People need to know the real Simon Clancy.
2: <laughs> Simon Not Too Close Clancy, that's his name. Saquon <laughs> Not stay Too back. Close Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> hands first.
0: <laughs> right, we'll leave it there, finally. Thank you so much, Cycles. All watching. <laughs> this has been The Gridiron Show.